Hello, and welcome back to the End Zone Podcast. My name's Eric Jensen, and we continue here on NFC West Week on the End Zone Podcast. Okay, so Trey Watkins, our great friend and longtime co-host, busy, a busy, busy man, deep in the heart of Tennessee, getting great internships, going to be the next big sports writer out of the Nashville area. Great guy. I will miss him dearly, but he doesn't have time to do a bunch of podcasts. So I am very bad at podcasting on my own. I ramble and I rave and it it just never really goes that well. So I went to a place on the internet, the Around the NFL subreddit, to find like-minded NFL football fans who might want to give podcasting a shot I have no idea what I am going to call this segment, but for right now, let's just call it the end zone guest line. And today, my guest is the one, the only, the great Jake Russell. Jake, a Seahawks fan from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, now joins the podcast. We're going to chat a little bit about the Seahawks and some rapid-fire NFL, NFC West take questions I have for him Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. What is up, guys? It is such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for reaching out, Eric. And uh, I'm just really thankful to be here talking Seahawks, NFC West, NFL, whatever madness we need to get into today. Absolutely. So, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Obviously, from Dallas, ended up being a Seahawks fan. How did that end up happening? So, you know, I grew up loving the Madden games and um try to absorb as much football as possible for me but i also just love stories in general um and so as opposed to gravitating towards um the cowboys empire that kind of is uh just the linchpin of all sports news in the area um, i i just didn't feel like it was as much of a cultural fit and so that left me in this existential crisis trying to figure out what team is me what can I get behind? Um, and I fell in love with uh, the idea of uh, the early Russell Wilson age Seahawks. I loved uh, the culture fit of uh, the undersized guy get drafted in um, and had to win his way in through the competition um, and just kind of romanticized about that defense that the Seahawks put together. Um, I also love that it, we kind of have this this aura around us in terms of fandom that it's very similar to, I would say like European soccer clubs. Like we got the neon going, um, we have the 12th man. It's, it's just a very interesting and unique culture that I gravitated to. And so it, it just felt like just a fit for my heart. And ever since then, I've just been um, absorbing as much Seahawks content as much as possible. And I think that that's the beauty of sports is we're all characters and this is the one that I'll never quit, no matter if we end up trading our Super Bowl champion quarterback to your team. Yes, I'm very grateful. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I am much happier now that Russell Wilson is a part of my life. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you found a team that, that you can stick with. The 12s are, you know, a fantastic group of people. I'm sure they've opened welcomed you with open arms. All right, so I want to get into the football here now, Jake. 
some Seahawks questions for you here. Let's start with the big one. Quarterbacks. Obviously, you've got Geno Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, and Drew Locke, well, probably one of the most hilarious quarterbacks to watch in the NFL. What are your thoughts on this quarterback room going into the season? Do you lean one way or the other, or are you just generally depressed about it? Okay, well, I'll preface it with this. Um, you can say a lot of things about a quarterback room, um, but we certainly have characters. That is that is That's one true. way to put it. That's definitely um, true. <laughs> um, I, I am going to be empathetic with Russ. I think that he did not fit the timeline in terms of uh, where we were as a team. And I totally understand where he was coming from. He was never going to be the one to completely come out and outright say, I would like to be on a different team. That's why he gave that passive aggressive list of teams like, hey, it would be fine to go to um, last year whenever um, he gave us that that list via his, his team three. Um, and but I can't fault him for that. We we sold the farm for Jamal Adams and we didn't have any draft picks. Um, we're just financially unstable. And Jamal Adams is never on the field. This wasn't a team that was primed to win a Super Bowl. And so we shipped him out. Um, and in terms of the quarterbacks we have now, um, I, I do like the route that we're on. Um, and I would kind of compare it to the same, same state that the Detroit Lions were last year. No, you're not going to believe in Jared Goff, but the foundation is laid for something in the future. And so we now have the opportunity with this draft that I'm really high on to create a team that is in a place that's just looking for the solution. And so I'm not expecting to do a lot of winning this year, whether it's with Drew Locke or Gina, whoever unfortunately has to win that job. But I think that if as long as we are in a position to where we learn about the um, the other pivotal positions and are set up to eventually find that guy, we're fine. That's why I'm very thankful the Baker saga is over. Um, I'm thinking about that that meme of uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Bilbo falling into the, uh, <laughs> saying it's over with all the fire around him. Um, and now we're stuck with either Drew Locke or Gino. Um, and in the camp, I'm, I think that the, the only upside coming from Drew Locke is um, he is younger. And then he had the five cool games, his rookie year in which there was the viral clip of him lip syncing to Jeezy on the sidelines. And that's it. <laughs> And people think that because he's younger, there's upside. And we just remember those five games in which things were going right. Well, in those five games, his rookie year, they were against the Chargers, who were 26 in DVOA, which was a win. And then the Texans, who were dead in the water, who had the 23rd DVOA against the Chiefs, which was a loss. The Lions, who were also dead in 29th in DVOA, and the Raiders, who... I believe they had melted down that year and it was the last week of the year and you can't really take anything into consideration with that. And so people act as if like, we don't really know what Drew Locke is, but he's already played 24 games. Like we pretty much know what Drew Locke is at this point. Yeah. And like, it, it, he's not some 
like spring chicken and maybe having Pete Carroll in, in his ear and a change of scenery could help, but I would just lean towards someone that has already been there before in Gino. He's been working out with, with DK this off season. Um, and we already know what Gino is too, but um, just having some familiarity to develop the surrounding talent is what I would, I would lean towards there. So I think I'm team Gino on this one. Yeah. Drew Locke has a weird fandom. He has like a weird group of fans that are just like, oh man, this guy, if you put him in the right situation with the right players and the right coaches and he was given a fair shot and the coaches didn't hate him, ah, man, he'd be a great, great quarterback. And Denver was the right situation. Lots of people feel that way. Like even Broncos fans were – the biggest thing last year was like, oh, Vic Fangio hates Drew Locke. Well, it's like, yeah, he watches Drew Locke every day. Like, <laughs> after a while, you're going to hate Drew Locke because Drew Locke is Drew Locke, and he's he's not that great. But there's just this weird faction of Drew Locke fans that exists out there in the world that, you know, it's just – it's a it's a incredibly – weird kind of fandom to fall into. what an odd community to be a part of like yeah the drew lock stands they're they're out there they do exist lock right. nation i apologize for lock. if i insulted them in, in any do, way in that i do want to touch on something that you mentioned the baker mayfield saga is over traded for a fifth round pick i know this isn't the nfc south podcast but baker mayfield did get traded i do like to hit on the news every now and then what do you think about the Baker Mayfield trade and how that ended up for the Panthers? Do you think this helps them out long-term or do you think ultimately Baker's going to struggle and this will be a real competition going into week one? Well, it's certainly going to be a competition whenever you have three quarterbacks in your room that you gave up significant assets for. Like they gave a lot to get Darnold. He didn't look very good. And then they gave up a lot to, to get and, uh, and, bring back cam um well correct me if i'm wrong what do you remember what they signed him for last year yeah it wasn't a lot i think it was like i want to say like 10 million 10 million yeah but there's just been so many different um ins and outs of this panthers qb room that they just can't make up their minds and matt rule has been doing everything he can to keep his job alive and so this very much felt des- desperate. Um, they already used that draft pick on Matt Corral, too. So I don't even know where that leaves him. So they're going to have to have three quarterbacks on the roster. And um, But I'm, I'm happy for Baker. I'm going to be rooting for him um, just because I think that he deserved the opportunity in terms of the way that the Browns handled that situation. Um, I, I could very, very much see him um, going – all out week one whenever they do play Cleveland in order to have this sort of revenge game. Um, But uh, I think that the surrounding Panthers talent is better than we do give it credit for. Like last year, they, they went in and made the trade to bring in Stefan Gilmore because they were confident in that defense. Like that's, that says something about how they feel about their team and CMC will be back. And I, as someone who loves fantasy football, I hope that he comes back healthy. Um, but like, it's, it's just an odd situation for the Panthers. Um, it just, 
they're kind of in a very similar position to where we are, where we just have a, a wide group of characters at the most important position. Um, and uh, I, I hope that Baker makes the most of his opportunity. Yeah. The, the talent surrounding him is good. And, you know, Robbie Anderson's there. DJ Moore is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Um, I don't know. You know, you see guys like Dan Orlovsky saying, oh, I think the Panthers are a playoff contender with Baker. Now, granted, the NFC is incredibly weak, so that's not a crazy take. But, you know, part of me, like, I was a Baker defender for a long time while he was in Cleveland. I got totally sucked in by that first season uh, where he was with, oh, my God, his name is blanking me the internet coach, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Um, that first year with Freddie Kitchens where he was like throwing deep bombs and looking great. And like, it was just like, oh yeah, this is Baker Mayfield. But slowly he kind of regressed back to being like a game manager who I get you could blame injuries, but he was so, so, so bad last year. I don't know what it looks like long-term for the Panthers, but if I had to guess, they're probably looking for another quarterback next offseason. I I do hope Baker gets better, but he's just to me, he's, you know, he's somewhere between the 20th and 25th best quarterback in the NFL. And that should be you should be a starter on an NFL roster with that kind of resume every year. But I view him like a Teddy Bridgewater at this point. We'll see, you know, he's probably a journeyman the rest of his career. And that's that's where I kind of stand on Baker. I know that he – I think that he's a better quarterback than Drew Locke and Geno Smith, hand up. And I know that some Seahawks fans that, that I've talked to that wanted to trade for him this offseason. Um, but me personally, I would rather just, like – embrace the lose this year if it means finding out more about the rest of the team because I think that with Baker having so much to prove it would become the Baker Mayfield story as opposed to the Seattle Seahawks story um, and I think that um, he just doesn't fit the timeline of of what we're going for right now and I think that's unfortunate that shows how how odd it is to be kind of in in terms of talent in that that tier of of where he's at and like where you definitely deserve to be a starter in the league. But um, if you're not, if you're not contending for a Super Bowl or trying to scout out the next, the next Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence, that could be the, the, the future of the franchise um, that you get in the top one, two or three spots, then you're just kind of in purgatory. Yeah, that is sort of the way it ends up going all right back to Seahawks talk here I want to talk a little bit about the defense which let me just tell you Jake I love the Seahawks defense this year like I love Shelby Harris like he's just yes he's just my guy like he's just a fantastic really underrated player I love Uchenna and Wosu you know, I think that he was really underrated last year and played pretty well. I think the Seahawks pass rush 
could be above league average this year and create some pressures. And I think it could be the strength of the Seahawks team. Finally, after many years of being kind of non-existent, what would you say to that analysis? Well, I think that is very high praise. Um, we were in the bottom 30 last year, so there's a lot to improve on. Um, but I do agree. I think that there's a lot of upside that comes with our pass rush. Um, I loved the boy Mafe draft pick. I think that he was, he's very seasoned uh, coming out of college. Um, and that was someone that we can plug and play very quickly. Um, and this is another overlooked part of the pass rush, I believe. Jamal Adams is practically a linebacker like with the amount of times that he's used in the blitz. I, like There was that one stretch on whenever he was on the Jets where he, I, I think he was their, their leader in sacks at, as a safety, which is downright incredible. Um, I, like you said, I love the Nwosu edition. He's only 25. Like he's... Um, he's got a ceiling that he can reach and he's from the West coast and maybe he'll be even more comfortable out here. Um, and then, like you said, I just, I, I already adore Shelby Harris before he was even on our team. I remember watching that game winning interception against Pittsburgh in 2018. And like, he just had the most adorable interview afterwards. And I was like, man, hey, this is a good vibes guy. And I think that's going to be huge. And, um, like, like you said, I, I know that, um, uh, there's a lot to improve on like being in the bottom 30, but they did sack Kyler five times in the finale. And we, I, we did have some momentum towards the end of the year. And I think that um, even though some of the games you, you can discount because they're at the end of the year, not as many teams are trying. Um, we did go on that stretch run towards the end of the year. Um, and uh, that could, that's something you can build on. All right. Perhaps my biggest question about the Seahawks, because this just looks very different from the past two or three years. Who's playing corner exactly? Like That is, that is a great question. <laughs> like, like, I'm not really sure. Like, normally, you know, you've had guys back there like, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting names. You know, they've had just like classic Seahawks guys back there for years. And this year, you know, it's Trey Brown, Sidney Jones, Justin Coleman. I know Trey Brown. Like that's, that's who I know. Call me a casual. I am pretty much casual. I, I just love talking football, but who is playing corner? Because I look at the Seahawks and I'm like, okay, what the heck's going on here? You guys do not have a cornerback and that could be a real real issue i've got one big name for you and it's not the black mama but it is kobe bryant kobe bryant um, that is, true. is the future c-o-b-y bryant he had a long a tweet from a long time ago talking about the legion of boom and i loved him before he was even in the draft and just based off of his name and his vibes coming out of college. I was like, this is a man that fits the Seahawks defense. And I think he's the future. I know that Ahmad Sauce Gardner is absolutely incredible. They were the duo in college that worked together. Kobe Bryant actually led the Bearcats in interceptions coming out of college because of how locked down Gardner was. But because they were so in sync, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see him kind of on his own and have the opportunity to be the leader. Um, like you said, we brought back Sidney Jones. I know he's already got a Super Bowl in the bag. Uh, 
but it'll be interesting to see um, him kind of on this prove it deal with us. And then we also have Artie Burns, and he's he's on a prove it deal as well. And I did really like him whenever he was on the Steelers and being a part of that really strong secondary. Um, and I think that there there is something that comes with being a part of a system that has so many um, elite leaders and talents and coming from a, a well-run organization like that. And so I think that he can bring that to the, this young group. Yes. You know, it's interesting that you say that. It is a very young group. That's something that the Kobe Bryant draft pick, I was a fan of that. I'm glad that you brought that up. He's one of these guys where he's not projected to be a starter, so I always kind of forget him, which is why I love having like fans of teams on because they know the depth charts better than I do. I'm just kind of a starters guy. But, um, yeah, that's, it's just a really interesting group. I, I don't see the upside, but maybe you do. I kind of think it's just way too scattershot, and it's going to be one of their biggest needs going into next year's draft. I'm very realistic whenever I look at it as well. I, I know that like there's a reason your question was who's playing corner. Like, it, it's, it's an area of depth or, or of need, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a really kind of interesting, interesting it's a rebuild. group. I, I, it is a rebuild. Yeah. That is true. Okay, so he, here's my next question. I love wide receiver rooms, probably. I just love them. I'm a fantasy football player, you know. I... I never am good enough or have the luck to pick high enough to pick good running backs. So I always go wide receiver heavy. So the Seahawks wide receiver room is interesting. You know, you've got DK and Tyler Lockett still two guys that can really kind of hold it down. But I guess my question for you is this, who's kind of the guy that's going to emerge as the third wide receiver. Obviously, you've got Noah Fant. He's going to be a good pass-catching tight end. But if you had to pick, like, a slot guy, I look at the roster and, you know, I don't see a ton of guys that just jump off the page to me. I mean, didn't they pick up – I think this magazine was published before they picked up – did they just recently pick up Marquise Goodwin? They did, and I haven't gotten any word about him and how he's been doing at camp so far, if he's there. Um, But, uh, yeah, so we have Goodwin, and then um, we had Eskridge. Hasn't really taken off so far, Um, but I got a name for you. Bo Melton out of Rutgers. I know that it's really difficult to get starter-level talent in the seventh round, but this is a guy that was projected to go in the third round by Mel Kuyper. I for sure thought he was going to be a Patriot because Belichick loves taking guys from New Jersey. But Rutgers is pretty much the black sheep of the Big Ten that never passes. Um, he's really versatile and shifty. I would love to see him get the ball um, in the backfield a lot because of his speed. Um, and I do think that if he does end up continuing to have a good camp 
like what I've been hearing about, then I think that he could potentially, if he makes the roster, be a really great addition that is completely different than the way that we just we use Lockett and DK, where we just say, run down the field and go get it. Yes, I am interested now in Bo Melton because you 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 know you sold that you 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 sold that pretty well. The the player, by the way, that I was you know forgetting was Shaquille Griffin, who you know corner, yeah, a very very mid corner, but uh, that that is the guy earlier that i was forgetting that yeah. was really really stumping me jake i hate it when i forget names it's just, it's okay <laughs> it's just it sucks you know but that's you know people listen to podcast because i hope it's it's entertaining and and informational because you know but sometimes i'm gonna forget who shaquille griffin is man what an embarrassment that was no don't don't worry it's not like you're forgetting like richard sherman or Cam. yeah in terms of his production he had with us richard sherman is is long gone gonna be a fox uh or was it amazon analyst I believe it's amazon i think it's amazon as well i think he started with fox and then ended up choosing amazon so that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch as well all right some nfl rapid fire just on the nfc west and then we can get out of here I have some players that I would like. I'm going to give you the player. You can just tell me what you think of them. Let's go. Teams as well included here and some coaches and maybe a few well-known first, you know, well-known front office personnel. AJ Green. AJ Green. My first reaction is uh, washed. (laughs) unfortunately i i did respect him in cincinnati he he had a really good year last year surprisingly i've been watching a lot of cardinals on game pass because i'm doing the nfc west this week aj green had a surprisingly good season last year now obviously not some kind of pro bowler but he was a lot better than he was when he was washed up at the end in cincinnati i thought he was quite good last year i will say i think that that he was tremendously helped out by Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins on that roster too. That definitely drew less attention towards him. And I think that the Hopkins suspension and the Kirk absence is going to be pretty major. Another year of mileage behind him. Um, and uh, he wasn't any Julio where he's practically absent in Tennessee, but uh, we'll see, man. I, I, receivers drop off like flies nowadays whenever they get up to that age unfortunately trey lance trey lance unknown i i am uh, trey lance has my brain in a blender just an absolute blender because i i i don't necessarily fear the 49ers at all because we have owned them really? my entire time even though they're our biggest rival uh, but at the same time he is so young. Like whenever he was drafted, he like I'm, I'm fresh out of college, and so seeing him drafted in 2000, I was like, wow, I feel just like an old man seeing this guy. And so I know, like that was like my first moment of wow, I'm old. Um, and yep, I'm be- getting there as well. Yep, yeah, <laughs> I agree. 
he hasn't had the opportunity around him at this but at the same time he has had the opportunity around him because he's had Debo and Kittle but just I think because he hasn't been able to just been given the keys to the car yet with Jimmy in the room it is is prevented him from being completely comfortable and so I think that once Shanahan immediately says hey this is your team um you you got to put up or show or put up or shut up then I think that that's going to get him completely locked in and um I like I'm a fan of good football I hope that I hope that he does well um and selfishly I also hope that he loses but I'm uh rooting for him to be healthy and exciting because I love the NFL um but we'll see it's just he I really can't get a read on him until we actually see it Cody Barton I'm sorry Cody Barton Cody Barton Seahawks player oh, oh our- sorry the linebacker Cody Barton should be a starter this year actually sorry I I should have chosen a different player there my right, linebacker out of Utah yeah my bad Gotcha. He, he's been on the Seahawks for a few years now. I was just clearly he hasn't really made an impression with Seahawks fans. I wondered if he had. I just like to ask Utah. Guys. I know. Sorry I know you're you. a Utah guy. Uh, that, like, that, that was my bad. I apologize. I did not mean to make you look bad. Well, no, no. Look, he's he's got major shoes to fill now that Bobby's gone. He's as the uh, the token Utah linebacker. Um, yeah. Because um, whenever you, whenever I think of Seahawks linebackers now I all, all I'm thinking about is LJ Collier out of TCU um, just because he's I believe we just turned down his option and so he's in a proven situation we did spend pretty big hefty draft capital on him years back um, and so I've all he's something he's someone I've always wanted to improve but man if Cody Barton can step up shoot we'll take him <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. He's another one that's unknown to me because um, he's been in so many different situations where he hasn't had the quarterback, but at the same time, he's not producing. And it's, this is going to be the year where we find out if it's the chicken or the egg. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he ends up playing out this year. Okay, let me ask you one question here. If you had to rank the quarterbacks in the division, how would you rank them? Okay. Um, I will go Stafford one, obviously, just because just won a Super Bowl, has a seniority. Um, that This is just off of – one season going forward too. I know I realize that Stafford is the oldest of this group. I'll go Kyler too. I think that um, he's, even though he is so talented, he's still young and developing. Um, and we'll go, are we including Jimmy G? Sure. And Trey Lance? Yeah. yeah, why not? I'll go their room third and then ours fourth as we're in this moment of transition. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm always curious what people think. Kyler's an interesting cat to me because to me, it's all about consistency for him. He's been shown flashes, but not been as consistently good as one of these top 10 quarterbacks. I I don't really view him as a top 10 guy. He's kind of outside of that for me. 
So I will say this about Kyler. I, I grew up in an area very, very close to where he went to high school. He's a Texas high school football legend at Allen High School. I believe he never lost a start. And I think that because this is like his first in, in the NFL moment of just receiving a lot of criticism and a lot of adversity, it's kind of a shock to his system. And I think that um, that I'm still a Kyler believer in the long term. If he can figure it out and um, is in a better position to um, to win and kind of block out the noise. All right. That's a really interesting point. He did have a lot of success in high school. That's always brought up on the broadcasts a lot. So that's an interesting point. I'll be interested to see how, how he ends up responding. I'm hoping that he's a guy that, that, uh, that jumps in. I, I noticed the baby Yoda behind you. So I, before we leave, oh, yeah. I, I have to ask you, who is your favorite Star Wars character? My favorite Star Wars character by far is Chewbacca. Uh, I got into theater and Star Wars whenever I was in high school. I was in a production of, I had a buddy that was a director. I had no theater experience whatsoever. He was like, hey, I'm directing this Shakespearean production of Empire Strikes Back called The Empire Strikes Back. And I just need a tall guy to come in and do a Chewbacca grunt. Would you be open to it? And I said, I'm in. Um, I love Star Wars. And so that is going to be my favorite movie of all time, just because of that experience. Um, And uh, I'm forever going to be associated with Chewbacca by all of my graduating class. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us, Jake. This has been a ton of fun. We really appreciate having you on. We're kind of going division, so it might be a little while, but you know, if we can work out and my schedule's a nightmare during the football season, just a nightmare and you'll be, you know, teaching at, at a school by then. But hopefully for regular season, we'd love to have you back on. You've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, man, it was a blast. And I'm, I'm not just limited to NFC West. If you want me to come in and, and chop it up on like whoever, whomever, whatever, mascots, I, I, I don't care. This, I, I just love the NFL. and can, uh, It was an honor to be on here, Eric, and I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks very much again, Jake. All right, guys. Next week, we'll be talking about the AFC East, and hopefully, fingers crossed, as long as scheduling permits, we'll have our annual Josh Newman episode on Monday should well wednesday actually we'll record monday and we'll put it out wednesdays we've been putting out the first episodes of the week on wednesday so go check that out follow us on twitter at endzone pod jake if you'd like to plug your twitter you're more than welcome to i'm at oreo jakesters like oreo cakesters but with a jake awesome follow me on twitter also eric jensen sport and eric 18 utah Thank you so much for checking out the end zone guest line. We will see you all next time.